0: This is DeRay Alalia, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast, episode 173. Yeah, baby. Yeah. The right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the before the millions podcast. Podcast, podcast, And now your host, DeRay Olalaye. What is going on, good people? Welcome back to a brand new installment of the before the millions podcast. And this is a good one, guys, because it's just me and you. And we're hashing out a few listener questions. And I just picked three, three questions that you guys have asked. To create an entire episode around. So we're going to talk a lot about investments. We're going to talk about some creative financing strategies. We're going to talk about the current state of the market and where I think it's going to go and how we can become more involved as real estate investors, how we can do more deals, make more money and help more people. If that doesn't excite you, you're in the wrong place. So strap in, buckle up. And um, again, I haven't done Very many of these Q&A's that we did one earlier this year, and it was absolutely one of the funnest episodes I've done. And that's episode 154 titled Q&A with DeRay, affiliate income, stimulus checks, stuck overseas, market predictions and more. So a ton of questions poured in. I think I picked like 10 that time and we just kind of went through them. It was an over an hour episode full of a ton of goodies and gems. But again, this episode, I only picked three and I wanted to really expand on my answers for those. So can't wait to get into all the good stuff. But first, if you are not yet subscribed to this podcast, if this is your first episode, your first time tuning in, welcome to the tribe. Make sure you subscribe And after you listen and like this episode, leave a rating and review. It helps way more than you know. Our goal is to get to 200 ratings and reviews this year. I think we're at like at 157. So, guys, the more ratings and reviews you guys can leave, the more that these podcast aggregators know that this is valuable content and know that they should push this out to more people so that they can get blessed as well. Bless up. So subscribe. Leave a rating and review, and then start listening to all the episodes back in the vault. I guarantee you, they're all just as good. I want you guys. These are not my words, by the way. I actually think it's it's okay, but these are the words of the 157 reviews, the words of the 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 listeners of the show for the past three years. These are their words and what they've said about the content that we make in these episodes. And quite frankly, it's not just content. It's not just entertainment. You know as well as I do that this is. This is inspirational. This is actually an investment. And I thank you for that. But I also know that you see it as an investment of your time to enrich yourself, to grow, to get better, to do more, to be more, to have more. So, again, so if this is a new investment for you, welcome. Speaking of, I've had a ton of new investments over the past, I don't know, 30 days and it may not be exactly what you think it is. Yes, we've gotten some deals done, but I mean. All around, like. I bought a few investments in things like gadgets. So my brand new MacBook. Brand new AirPods, brand new speakers, brand new headphones, a whole bunch of lighting and microphone equipment inside the office. And I call these investments because, I mean, my MacBook, the MacBook I've been using, I've been using this MacBook since 2011. 2011. So you could just imagine what we've been through in the past nine years. And it would have been longer, actually, that I would have had this MacBook, but this is actually a replacement MacBook for my MacBook that got stolen. True story. So I would have probably had this for the better part of this MacBook for the better part of 12, 13 years. But again, it's been about nine years and I know how valuable it is to me. I know how much of my business I do on it. It travels with me every country I go to. So I didn't look at my brand new MacBook as another $2,500 expense. I looked at it as, wow, like this brand new MacBook is going to allow me to do so much more, so much faster, help so many more people, make so much more money and help myself as well. This is not a $2,000 expense. This is not spending money. This is investing in myself. I need this. This changes everything. Same thing with all the other gadgets, right? So I've been making investments this month. I, I made, I've made investments in people this month. right? I know that I can't do everything by myself. As much as before the millions, it's still a primarily one-man show, as well as my investment company as well. There's so many people that make it all happen. There's so many moving parts. So this month, I needed to make sure that I invested in the right people. I have the right acquisition managers in place. I have the right virtual assistants in place. We're working with the right title companies. So I've made a lot of investments in people and time and teaching and training and getting to know people. So although the past 30 days, this investment has more so been in time, the rewards are going to be absolutely amazing. As far as the time I get to free up the things I no longer have to do, the places I no longer have to be. Again, the small couple week investment turns to something totally different. Same thing with the MacBook. So yeah, I've invested in things, I've invested in people, but my favorite thing of all is that I've really been investing in my systems. Like When I first began this journey, I I had shiny object syndrome. I wanted to do everything and anything. I wanted to try it all. I mean, heck, I have the Before the Millions podcast and I hear so many great ideas. Why not? But a few years back, I realized that the most successful people do the same things over and over again. Not because it's redundant, not because it doesn't make any sense, not because it's uh, on the verge of insanity, but because every single time they do it, they know more, they are more, they're in a better place. They tweak it. They perfect it. So I'm not in the market trying every single new marketing tactic that comes out to talk to motivated sellers. I'm not doing RVMs this week. I'm not doing text blasts next week. I'm not knocking on somebody's door the week after that. I'm not in the market for the hot new craze. Is it Facebook ads? Is it Facebook messenger? Is it Insta stories? Right? I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm doing what's been known to work for me and I'm doing it month in and month out and I'm continually improving on it. I'm doing the same exact thing over and over again. I'm making an investment and I can track the statistics over the past 30 days as opposed to the next 30 days and I can know exactly what to tweak and change for the 30 days after that. And the reason I'm doing this, not only in my real estate business, but also before the millions, right? You guys have heard about my my staple course, the motivated seller method. I have no other staple product. Obviously, you can go one level up and we can do some private one on one coaching. But as far as my staple product, it's the same product. We improve it every six months. We bring in new testimonials every six months. We get better every six months. So even though enrollment is only open for about a week. Every six months like clockwork, we know that in about six months, enrollment will be open again. And we'll start this whole process again. We'll bring in a whole new group of students and we'll get them to their goal. It's not that I'm going to go create a second course or a third course or another product, but continually improve on this one. Can continue to get my students bigger and better results? Continue to reach more people, get more sales. The same thing with this process. So Again, I'm investing in my systems, knowing that slight improvements compounded over time create massive results. And I believe that that is actually one of the primary definitions of investing. So I didn't want to get super deep and super long of this intro, but what are you investing in right now? It doesn't have to be monetary, but what are you looking for an ROI on? Where are you spending your money? Where are you spending your time? Where are you spending your resources, your energy? And in the tip of the week, I have one last investment to share with you, a super exciting investment. It's actually a new investment for me. Some of you may have heard of it. I doubt it. It's a new investment for me. And, and it's not something that you may go running to as a means for financial freedom, but it's pretty cool. And I must admit, you can make some good money with this vehicle as opposed to its competitors. So with that being said, before we get into the show, before we get into the q and A's, let's get to the tip of the week to tip of the week. So the reason this investment vehicle fascinates me so much is because I almost want to treat it as a cash equivalent account. I want to treat it like a regular bank account. That's how much access I have and how much control I have over this brand new investment vehicle. So it's not anything life changing. It's not something that's going to make you rich overnight. It's not even going to get you double digit returns. I mean, you guys know that I've been investing in a online crowdfunding platform called Fundrise for the better part of three years. And, you know, I get anywhere from eight to ten percent returns there and even better returns on the deals that we acquire. But where I don't get good returns are, and you may be able to relate to this one is my savings account. I'm talking, and they're better now than they've ever been, but I'm talking about one percent or one point two five percent. I don't know what it is these days. It's it's been increasing slowly, but it's 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 still (laughs) sub two percent. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Because again, it's it's your It's your cash on hand. It's what you may need for emergencies. It's what you'd use to make purchases. So, hey, it's good that you're at least making some money on that. But again, I found this this investment vehicle recently. And the the day I found it, I invested immediately because it was so exciting to me. But again, it's not anything life-changing. It's more of a, oh, this is a really, really cool vehicle to invest as much money as I can in. So the company that created this instrument is called Worthy Financial. And... And similar to Fundrise, this is an online crowdfunding platform, but the difference really is that Fundrise is catered to real estate and real estate investors, whereas this is helping me a little bit more diversify my portfolio. So Worthy Financial created these bonds called Worthy Bonds. Now, you may already know what bonds are generally, and the reason I personally never invested in bonds is if you go look at the US Treasury, I mean, the interest rate is less than 1%. Currently, right now, the interest rate is less than 1%. So it just never really made any sense for my current portfolio. But when I heard about Worthy Bonds and what their mission was, I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting. But their overall premise is this. They want to level the financial playing field, meaning they understand that it's not fear that the rich and the wealthy have access to higher yielding private market investments. If you've read Rich Dad Poor Dad, you know that there are so many investments that most investors don't hear about. And the reason why most investors don't hear about them is because by law, investors are not allowed to invest in them because they're high risk. But if you're a high net worth individual, you get wind of all these deals all the time. And this is how these people turn millions into billions by participating in some of these high risk structured deals. But anyways, the mission of this company is they wanted to provide everyday individuals, everyday investors, with access to higher yielding products. I mean, I've tried some in the past that didn't work and I don't want to name them, but you guys know the popular online lending companies and places you can invest your money, but ultimately those things were flawed. So what Worthy came out with is what's called a Reg A offering. And these are just bonds that they've issued. As everyday individuals, we're able to buy these bonds. And what's really special, what's really cool about these bonds is that there's a flat interest rate. And that flat interest rate, you ready for it? It's 5%. Now again, it's not the double digit interest rate where I'm hitting in fundrise, but you got to realize what type of account this is, or at least how I'm looking at this account. This is more of a cash equivalent account. This is more of a savings account in my eyes, right? It may take me a month or two to get my money out of fundrise, but I can trade in my bonds for cash. In three business days. So at 5%, which is five times what I'm making in my savings, it's a no-brainer for me to dump as much money in here as possible. And then some other pros is that there are no fees or penalties. Their bonds are not correlated with the market. So they're primarily investing in inventory. They're primarily investing in accounts receivable and purchase orders, a little bit of CDs and real estate, but their bonds are backed by assets, which is, again, very different from a lot of their competitors, some of which you've heard of, trust me. So during the three months of the COVID peak, all of the worthy bond investors were still getting 5% and will continue to get 5%. It's not gonna go up and it's not gonna go down. It's always gonna be 5%. And interest is actually credited daily. So I can log into my account every single day and see the interest is credited, which is be very different from a lot of the platforms. And if I haven't made it clear, this is open to non-accredited investors meaning you don't need to be making multiple six figures. You don't even need $1,000 to get started. You don't even need $500 to get started, which is fund rises minimum. You can buy one bond, one single bond, and every single bond on worthy bonds costs $10. So you can get started today with one single bond that costs $10, and you can start earning 5% interest on that money immediately. Now, obviously with something like this, All of the accredited investors, right, and all of the rich and wealthy people want to pour into this. Like, I mean, they've tried. They want to buy up as many bonds as they can because, again, there's not a lot of places you can find something like this. But going back to the mission of worthy bonds, they want to level the financial playing field. They felt like it wasn't fair that the wealthy had access to all these higher yielding private market institutional investments. So what they've done, how they've created this business model, and they've even made it better over time because. They've lowered the maximum bonds that you can hold from $100,000 worth of bonds to only $50,000 worth of bonds. It doesn't matter how much money you have. The maximum you can buy is $50,000 worth. And this vehicle was created for the little guy. This vehicle was created so that any and everybody had access to just a little bit more wealth. And to date, this company has never missed a payment. They've never not paid their 5%, even through the pandemic. And I've been through all of their material and it's outlined exactly what they would do and what they have done if their borrowers default. And when that has happened, the company has continued to pay out its five percent. So I'm actually going to link to an episode of somebody else's podcast that interviews the founder of Worthy Bonds. She's going to walk you through the entire spiel. And then you can go to the website and check it out. But I guarantee you by day's end, you're probably going to put at least ten dollars in. And if you have a little bit more cushion, you're probably going to put the entire 50. And that's the max. And it's just like, dude, like if you got 50K in your worthy bonds account, that's that's a few extra steak dinners a month or that's a card note that that account is paying. And again, this is just supposed to be your savings account. You're not really supposed to be accumulating a whole lot of wealth in it. Right. So I just I don't know. I just thought it was pretty fascinating. And the minute I heard about it, the minute I I heard her on the podcast, I was like, yeah, I got to invest in this. This is easy. This is, I, I don't have to think much about this instantaneously. And, and I've been itching to tell you guys, but I wanted to try it out first. I, I never want to recommend things that I don't do myself. So I was like, oh. for the past few months, I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't wait to tell the tribe I want to. I just want to make sure it was legit and it worked. But it's so dope. And I just started out buying 200 bonds. Now that I feel comfortable, I'm ready to go all in. I wish there were more vehicles like this. I'll park a lot of money in these vehicles. But again, I'm not giving you any type of advice. I just wanted to let you know what I've been up to, what I've discovered. And here shortly in this episode, I'm actually going to give you a disclaimer that I am not your advisor when it comes to when it comes to tax accounting or legal advice. This is just simply for entertainment and informational purposes only. And I'm just, again, highlighting what I've done, what I'm doing and what I like and what's been working. So Worthy Bonds is absolutely amazing. Um, I can finally put my stamp of approval on it. I've been with them for a few months now and everything has literally checked out. I love the interface. And they actually have a referral program, which is dope. So I can give you a bond. I can gift you one free bond for you to get started. So if you head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash worthy, W-O-R-T-H-Y. Again, that link is beforethemillions.com forward slash worthy. That's my link that'll be able to gift you a free bond and also gift me a free bond. So that's like the cherry on top. Once you tell your friends about it, I mean, you don't even have to put money in your account anymore. So if you want to give it a try with $10 or $20 or, you know, 10 shares or 100 shares, head over to BeforeTheMillions.com forward slash worthy. What's really cool about their system, again, it's so similar to a lot of these investing and financial apps on our phone, but, but they have a whole roundup feature to where you can invest by rounding up your change in your account. They also do monthly withdrawals. So it's totally up to you how you want to set it up, how you want to go about it, how you want to reinvest the interest that you're making. And then you can take your money out within two to three days. So again, it's it's really just a savings account, a high-yielding savings account in my eyes. But you can look at it how you want to look at it. You can test it out. You can totally leave it alone. It has almost nothing to do with real estate, but it helps you diversify. And it's a pretty high return. (laughs) So with that being said, again, that link is beforethemillions.com forward slash worthy and happy investing. So now let's get into the meat and potatoes of the show where I tackle some of the biggest real estate questions currently opposing our listeners, the Before the Millions tribe. Let's get into it.
1: And now your feature presentation. Hey, DeRay, I got a question for you. So with the current pandemic situation and the lenders extending uh, mortgage payments while doing the loan forbearance for mortgage payments for 90 days, how do you see that affecting homeowners' ability to pay after that 90 days is over? Because essentially all they're doing is totaling up those loan payments so that the total amount for all three months are due at the end of those 30 months. I mean, at the end of those 90 days. I just don't see how
0: homeowners are going to be able to pay such a large payment. You know, um, How do you see that for us investors? Because I feel like a lot of inventory is going to come on the market at bargain prices where investors are going to be able to jump in and take advantage. Let me know your thoughts. Thanks. This is a very timely question by Antonio. Shout out to Louisiana. I want to dissect it like this because ultimately I think about the average individual. I think about somebody I was just on the phone with last week and we're helping this guy through a situation. He had a second house. He's an out of state landlord and he no longer wants to deal with the property anymore. He never really ever wanted to deal with the property. So ultimately he has a, a nagging issue and oftentimes these motivated sellers, they're willing to give something up. To get that problem solved, just like anybody who's motivated to do anything, you're willing to give a little to get a little. Right. And when you think about somebody who's not motivated, right, somebody like maybe me who doesn't have any interest in selling any of my property. If you walked up to me today and was like, hey, Debra, I'll buy your property from you. I'd be like, "Okay, what's your best price? Right. There's no motivation. I mean, I'm just I have no need. There's no there's It's not a pressing matter. It's not something timely. Right. I'm not going into foreclosure. So ultimately I'm I'm going to entertain your offer but not really. Right? Unless it's something that, that that's super amazing. But if I was going into foreclosure, if I hated being a landlord, if I just inherited a property and I don't know how to be a landlord, if I just lost my job or if I got another job in another city or state or country and I have to be gone in 30 days, these are pressing matters. These are problems that investors like you can solve and should solve, should want to solve. Now, again, we're not creating these situations, obviously, right? We're not the ones going to tell people to get divorces. We're not the ones putting people's property up for jeopardy and foreclosure. But since these problems are arising and will continue to arise as investors, it makes sense for us to reach out to those people, to cater to those people, and figure out how we can solve their problem while creating a profitable deal for ourselves. So that's literally what we do as investors. We find opportunities. We find problems and we solve them. We don't create the problems again. I want to I wanna make that clear, but we find them and we solve them. And oftentimes we're solving the problems that nobody else just quite frankly has the expertise to solve. There's an article that came out recently in Forbes. And this article actually came out September 2nd. I'm looking at it right now. Here's the headline. President Trump's eviction moratorium to protect 43 million renters. And the very first paragraph goes like this. Yesterday, the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention issued a nationwide order halting evictions throughout the end of the year. The order covers 43 million U.S. residential renters if they meet income and other eligibility requirements. So from now until the end of 2020 and probably even longer. Evictions have been halted for 43 million renters. Now, here's the second paragraph. The CDC's action follows President Trump's executive order of August 8th, 2020. The order directed the CDC to evaluate whether temporarily halting evictions for failure to pay rent would be reasonably necessary to prevent further spread of COVID-19. In its order issued yesterday, the CDC concluded that such a temporary ban on evictions would be an effective measure to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So I'm going to read one more paragraph in this article and sum it all up because this is uber important for investors. The CDC's order is more expansive than the eviction moratorium that was part of the CARES Act. And I just wanted to interject really quick that the CARES Act is the act that covered about 12 million renters in apartments and single family homes that are financed by mortgages backed by the federal government. Okay, back to the article. This current moratorium applies regardless of how a rental property is financed. To wrap that all up, in three words, rent is canceled. At least for now, if rent is canceled, how many investors are currently paying their mortgages? So renters or owners are almost one and the same. Because rent is not actually canceled. Right. Like Antonio just alluded to, it's postponed. It has halted. There's a stoppage. And on the other side of that stoppage is accumulation. So it's like a dam that's getting ready to explode. Now, again, these precautions, right, these measures are being put in place to prevent the spread of COVID-19. But at the same time, these measures are hurting a lot of renters and as an effect are hurting a lot of property owners. So when we speak to the motivation of the type of seller that we're looking for, there's going to be millions, quite literally, of them. Brand new sellers on the market over the next few quarters that are in hot water, that can't figure out a way to pay their mortgage, that can't figure out a way to catch up. So in essence, rent is not canceled. Mortgages are not canceled. Renters still owe rent and owners still owe mortgages on their property. And when these moratoriums are lifted, there will be, again, as investors, there will be massive opportunity in the market. Now, it will be very unfortunate that many people will have to go through this process, but regardless of whether or not you and I are investors, they're going to go through that process. But what you and I can do as they go through that process is to provide solutions for them that most investors can't is to be a morally upright investor who does profitable deals, but creates win-win scenarios, but stops somebody's foreclosure, but helps another owner relocate on time, but takes over the hassle of being a landlord for somebody who's just tired of it and just wants to collect a check every month. So there's massive opportunity in the market. And I just hope that you are equipped and prepared to serve a motivated seller and to get some amazing deals done over the next few quarters.
1: Hey, what's going on, Darius Alfred? Um, man, I, I know you have an accounting background like myself, and um, just trying to plan for a strong financial year and you know, just seeking information, I came across um, how, well, an idea that you should set up your real estate through a corp. Um, But I was always told to do an LLC. So I just wanted to kind of get your, um, I guess, your input on the situation. And, you know, because I know you're way ahead of me uh, with the real estate investing. And I just want to, you know, set myself up and at least have the right information.
0: So. In terms of this question, I actually answered Alfred in terms of his exact particular situation and what he needed to do for all of us. It's very, very different guys. It's vastly different. So there's no one size shoe fits all. You're going to have to figure out with your attorney, with your accountant, maybe with your family, right? What makes sense for you and, and, and you guys' goals. Oh, and shout out to Dallas, Texas for Alfred. So before I give my opinion, And tell you what I do and what I would do, I want to throw out the popular disclaimer that myself and the entire Before the Millions company and all of its affiliates do not provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. This information that you hear is for informational and entertainment purposes only. And is not intended to provide or should not be relied upon as tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own tax legal or accounting advisor before engaging in any transaction. Okay, we got that out the way. So here are the three primary ways for many of you that I would look at entity structuring. Number one, say you're a brand new investor and you want to go get one of those no and low money down loans from the bank. This is what I did when I first got started. It's what many people do, right? You. Pay just a little bit of money and you get a really big loan. And ultimately, these loan programs are incentivized to help people who haven't bought property before get into real estate, really just become a homeowner, not necessarily become an investor. But many investors use this as a way to start their investment portfolio. So maybe you're doing that if and when you do that, that property should and must be in your name. So maybe you're getting an FHA loan or a conventional loan or a VA loan or a 203k loan. A lot of these loan programs are owner-occupant loans. And as an owner-occupant, there are certain other stipulations that you must adhere to. As an owner-occupant, the property must be in your name. You must live on site on the property for at least one year. There's, There's stipulations, but ultimately... When you buy that property, again, when you think about what entity should you have that property in, it should be in your personal name. It must be, in fact, in your personal name. Now, later on, you can think about taking it out and there are certain other things that you may or may not have to worry about depending on the contract that you signed. But that's another story for another day. So again, number one, if you're using one of these loan assistance programs, then the answer is clear. In fact, there are no options. You must put the property in your personal name. Number two. Well, actually, before we get into number two, I thought it best to actually tell you what the goal is, or at least the goal is for me. And you know, once you kind of know a goal, it's a lot easier to figure out, well, how do I get to this goal rather than somebody just telling you, hey, this is what you should do and go do it, right? But if you can kind of think through it, then it helps as you go and talk to your tax professional or your accountant or whoever. But for me, my number one goal for having any type of entity right, in the first place are for liability protection, taxes, and anonymity. That's it. Those are the only three reasons. So, With that being said, entities like corporations, they help with liability protection and taxes and then trusts help with anonymity. So you can have your property inside of an LLC that's inside of a trust. That way you cover all three bases. And for some of you, depending on how your business is structured, it may be even more advantageous for you to structure your LLC to be taxed as an S corp even further tweaking and making sure that those three priorities and those three goals are being optimized. But again, talk to your tax professional. Lastly, for me, I like to put all of my passive income. So like my rentals inside of an LLC. And some LLCs may have just one rental. Some LLCs may have three or four rentals, and the way I kind of structure it is anywhere around that 300,000 to half a million dollar mark, I like to go ahead and start a new LLC. So if just one rental is a half a million dollar property, then it just takes up one LLC all by itself. Whereas I may have three or four rentals inside of another LLC, but once I get to that threshold, I'm starting a new LLC. And that's for, again, my passive income. For my active income, so like my wholesale deals, the tenant buyer assignments, it can be fix and flips. All of that goes in an entirely separate LLC. And that's, again, the LLC that for, for some of us, it'd be smart for us to have it taxed as an S-corp. For a lot more info on this, actual advice, and if you want to talk to a real lawyer and get into the weeds of this, Episode 81 of the Before the Man's podcast, I interview an investor by the name of Scott Smith, and he not only covers the basics that I've covered here, but we also get into some more advanced topics like series LLCs and how to think about insurance coverage when it comes to your entity. So definitely check out that episode. I know it's a few years in the vault, but it's still just as valuable today as it was when we first recorded it. So that's episode 81. So there you have it. I covered number two and number three at the same time. So now you know a whole lot more about LLCs and trusts and the information that you need to actually take to your attorney so that you can actually plan out exactly what you need to do and what type of entity you need to structure. So now we have an additional question that came in from Alfred not too long after the first question. And his second question goes like this. Dorey, I hope you're doing well and you're staying safe. I would like to learn more about owner financing. Is it basically a contract between you and the seller? What are the benefits to both parties? Thanks, Alfred. So owner financing is one of the two strategies that I predominantly use in my real estate business. This is the strategy that allows me to buy real estate as many properties as I want. Without any concern about the bank saying no, dinging up my credit, outside investors that I may or may not owe money to, a long closing, governmental requirements, and so many other things. But most importantly, it's the strategy that I use to cash flow, to buy properties and create reoccurring revenue in my business every single month. So in essence, the way owner financing works is... You create terms between two parties, you and the seller, right? In a traditional sense, when you want to buy a property, for instance, you want to buy a $100,000 property, you would need to go get a loan from a bank. That means you would need to meet the income qualifications, the credit qualifications, the timing needs to be right, and the property would have to undergo a massive amount of scrutiny. These are the regulations that the lenders need to put in place to make sure that they're lending on formidable properties. So it's a hassle. It's a process. And oftentimes, you're going to get about $80,000 for that $100,000 home. Maybe you'll get $75,000. If you're doing one of those first-time homebuyer programs, you may get $95,000 for that $100,000 property. You may even get $98,000. There are even programs where you can get 100% of that money. But when you buy the property from the seller, the bank is the one who pays off the seller that sold the property. So even though you own the property, you also own a note to that property that the bank owns. But when we buy property. Via owner financing, it's a very different scenario. We're no longer working with the bank, right? We don't owe the bank $80,000 or $95,000. We're working with the owner directly for those funds that we owe. And the benefit of this is that you get to create the terms, right? You're not subject to whatever the bank's terms are. You're not subject to, again, having credit. You're not subject to a a large down payment. You literally can create the terms. You and the seller come to a common agreement over what the terms should and shouldn't be. And that's the beauty of this strategy because you're no longer dependent upon a bank. And that means that you can do as many deals as you want. There's no cap to your income because there's no there's no 20 or 30 or 40 or $50,000 down payment required. Just a conversation is required. Now, owner financing is best when an owner or a seller owns the property free and clear, meaning they themselves don't have a mortgage on the property. They've paid it off. And there are certain subsets of owner financing or seller financing which I get into all in the motivated seller method. I teach you this entire process from A to Z. Like There are no questions. There are no stones that we, left unturned, that we leave unturned. Now, obviously, and of course, I can't fit all that into a 45-minute podcast episode or even a three-day training. So if you haven't checked out what all the hype is about, and if you're serious about building your real estate business using these creative strategies, head over to motivatedsellermethod.com. That's motivatedsellermethod.com. Everything sounds complicated. Everything sounds foreign, no matter what field or industry you're not in until you learn it, until you know what it is, until you know how to do it. This goes for any and everything we've ever learned, right? These concepts, they may sound totally strange to you right now, but once you're in it, once you know it, once you do it, you're like, dude, this is this is so simple. So I want to make sure you have that mindset going in. And ultimately, I I want to wrap this question up with the benefits, because that may be what you're wondering: the benefits of the benefits of this strategy for the seller. Why would a seller do this? Right? Why would a seller agree to be the bank? Right? What what what's in it for them? Why would they want to get that thousand dollar monthly payment rather than I pay that to the bank instead of getting all of their money up front? Because that's essentially what they're giving up, right? When the bank gives them that $80,000, they get that money immediately upon closing. But when we do owner financing, we spread those payments over months and even years. So again, what's in it for the seller? Number one, sellers who owner finance get to avoid what we like to call capital gains tax. Because when you earn that much money at one time, Better believe that Uncle Sam is going to come a knocking and Uncle Sam is going to want his cut. So by receiving your payments over time, you get to control and spread out that massive tax hit, which can turn out to be thousands or even millions of dollars. There's another benefit for the seller. It's truly passive income. right? Maybe some of these sellers used to be landlords. And now they just don't want to deal with that anymore right the, the the monthly checks are, are are cool but the the phone calls the collecting payments the the repairs paying on the all the bills on time like it's just too much for a lot of people who've never had the idea to want to be an investor or who had the idea and was like this sucks this is not what I thought it would be right so a benefit to those people especially is to still get them those monthly payments that they thought they were going to get when they became investors, the easy monthly payments but without all the headaches because you just bought the property, right? And you may want to live there or put tenants in there or whatever your exit strategy is, but ultimately, when you own or finance the property from them, they're collecting that $1000 every single month as the bank. But they're not dealing with any of the headaches. They're just collecting a check. So this is a major benefit for somebody who was actually looking for that, but went about it the wrong way. This is a major benefit for somebody who had no idea that that was a possibility. That was like, hey, I don't need all this money right now. I'd rather just get monthly payments, especially if I can get a higher price. Because oftentimes with owner finance deals, we can pay a little bit more than a cash buyer. We can pay a little bit more than a bank finance buyer. Because we're focused on terms. Another benefit is a faster closing. Again, we're not working with the bank. The bank requires a 30-day period, a 40-day period, a 50, 60, 70-day period because there's so many things that have to happen. So much goes on with title companies. So much goes on with your lending institution. There's no way they can close in 20 days. That's insane. That's impossible. It's unheard of. It's unrealistic. But with owner financing, you can close in a week. I mean, it's just you and the seller. That's it. Again, another benefit, which I already named before, but they can actually get the full price for their home, which most investors are not willing to give them. Again, you're solving a problem for sellers where other investors just don't know how to solve that problem. They just don't have the tools or or, or the solution for that problem. And owner financing provides you with one of those tools. So as you can see, there's a there's a ton and that's just a few. There's a ton of benefits. There's a ton of reasons as to why a seller would want to sell their property to you. Via owner financing. And for us, of course, our benefits are no and low money down. Like we literally get to decide that. We get to decide whether or not there's an interest rate and how low that interest rate should be and if it's fixed or variable. Right. There's no credit check. There's so much lower closing costs because there's so many less people to pay. This is not yet another credit ding that's going to show up on your credit report. Owner finance deals are so easy to sell to another buyer. Owner finance deals can be renegotiated with the seller. And oftentimes to both of you guys' benefit. Let's say you were supposed to cash out the seller in three years, right? You've been making these $1,000 payments every single month and you promise the seller, hey, in three years, we'll just pay it off. Well, what if the seller really likes the payments and doesn't want to be paid off in three years? And what if you really don't feel like it's a great time in the economy to be paying off property? Well, you guys can both decide, hey, let's, let's extend this for another 48 months. Okay, no problem. You get the benefits of appreciation because, again, you own the property. I mean, I can go on again. A lot of these concepts may be foreign to you. A lot of strategies that are out there that you may have heard on this podcast or other podcasts may seem complicated, but I promise you they're not. Once upon a time, math was complicated. Algebra was complicated. I mean, some of those things may still be complicated, right? But you know that if you just go to school for it, if you just take the class and you pay attention and you're not in your phone, I mean, you'll learn it. There was a time we didn't know how to read and write. There was a time we didn't know how to walk. There was a time we didn't know how to do our job in our given professions, but we learned it. it was, it's simple now. Not even a year ago, one of my students took the craziest leap of faith, leaving his cushy six-figure job. And many And many of you know I did the same exact thing, but I waited until I had a few properties under my belt. And honestly, I was forced out. But the thing about it is I had a foundation. I already had a proven system going for me, but This particular student decided that he was going to one up me. And I say that with a little bit of humor, but seriously, like once he enrolled in my program, he went through every single module. We we worked and helped him build his business over two months and his first week out, which was earlier this year, he gets about 46 leads. He gets a handful of contracts and he gets his first deal done and a whopping $40,000 check for that deal. Many of you guys may remember the episode where I actually brought him on the podcast. It was one of our most popular ones. It's episode 142. It's called The Student Spotlight. 46 leads, one contract, and $40,000 in five days is the title of that podcast. Check it out. Episode 142. And what was so cool about that podcast episode is we didn't even plan it. And even better, Leads were coming in while we were recording the episode, so he had to pick up the phone and cater to some leads live on the call. So you guys get to hear all of that. Some of you guys have been really inspired by his story and you guys have reached out to me and I I want to give you guys an update as well. So, so I asked him his name is Josh. I was like, Josh, like everybody wants an update. What have you been up to? How have you been killing it or maybe not killing it? Like like let me know what's kind of going on with your pipeline right now. So this very next recording is his response to that.
1: Ray. Okay, let me see if I can. I probably should have wrote them all out, but so let me reverse engineer this. Um, I've got a deal in Richardson that I am doing a subject to uh at 390 purchase price. Um that closes today, or that got signed yesterday. Um, will close obviously sometime in the future. Then I've got one. Uh, In LeVon, Texas, I bought the property at $626,000. We're closing on that one next week. um, So that's another one. I'm also got a garland house that I'm rehabbing as we speak right now um, that I'm doing a fix and flip on. Then I've got the the Weatherford House, which um, I've got on the market as we speak. Um, I think we've got a potential buyer there, actually. I just did a wholesale deal on a property that closed today. Um, So I actually pulled out my assignment fee on that one for $20,000. And then I've got another Farmersville property that I have that I'm looking to wholesale that I might wholesale. I've got a potential uh, cash buyer looking at it today as well. Then I've got one of my guys looking at a property um, in Dallas that I'm hoping to acquire as we speak. So that's essentially I've got all those moving parts happening right now.
0: (laughs) Hey, guys, so I actually lost count. What was that like? Maybe like six different deals going on right now, literally at one time. I didn't even know he just cleared another twenty thousand dollar wholesale deal. And again, this is just because of the system that he's built that continuously brings these leads in. And if you want to learn more about that system, we literally have a whole episode on it. Again, it's episode 142. And if if you want to take the next step with that system, granted that enrollment is currently open, then definitely head over to motivatedsellermethod.com. Enrollment is literally only open about two weeks out of the entire year. So if it's not currently open, then go ahead and get on the wait list. As of the time of this episode release, MSM is open for about another five days before we completely close enrollment for the next six months. So if this is something that you're thinking about doing now, this year, whenever you're listening to my voice, just head over to motivatedtellermethod.com and enroll today. Or if enrollment is not open, just head over there and make sure that you put your email address in, get on the wait list so that I can personally notify you the next time we open up enrollment. Literally took us two months to build Josh's entire business. The business that now, I mean, just literally, he's been working at it for eight months and And it feels like he's on easy street, but he's not. I mean, things are hard. They're complicated. They're tough. Some of the deals are not coming through, but he's in it to win it. He's putting deals in his portfolio. He's getting these large lump sum payouts that are taking care of himself and his family. He just had a newborn. If he can do it, if I can do it, if so many of my other students can do it, absolutely you can do it. So there you have it. Another Q&A in the books. And if you want, your question featured and you want me to ask and answer your question here live on the show or or just personally pour into you then hit my line player